Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, you can show me the money. That line actually helped earn Cuba Gooding Jr. an Academy Award for the movie Jerry Maguire. These days, I thought it was just going to be a great start to introduce today's guest, Judith Kane, Canada's money coach. We're talking money. It affects our mindset, our health, our relationships, and everything in between. Welcome to episode 28 of Living Your Life with Leanne Lang, the podcast brought to you by Extension Marketing. And of course, for more information, you can always head to extensionmarketing.com. Judith, great to see you. Hi, it's nice to see you again. <laughs> I know, we have had, uh, I can't even count over the years no. how many interviews we must have done together. No, many, many, many. Right, but there were so many different topics that we hit on over the course of the years. And and so what I wanted to do right off the bat, because we've already had an established relationship, but I think for people to understand exactly the title of a money coach, is that often like the first coach? Oh, what, what do you mean? Like what exactly is a money coach? That's right. So a money coach is a person that helps you manage your cash flow. That's the easiest way to describe it. We don't sell insurance. We don't sell investments. We don't sell any products. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is helping you um, figure out where to go and what to do. You you might have debt. You make a good income. You might have debt. Um and how do you get out of it? It's like a hamster wheel of debt, right? You pay off credit cards with your line of credit. You pay off your line of credit by remortgaging. Next thing you know, your credit cards are starting to creep up again. It's an ugly, ugly hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. And I want people to know, like, as, as they're kind of going, okay, am I going to tune in? Am I listening? This is not going to be about where to put, like, this isn't no, about investment. There's no financial advisor no, or, no, no, no. you know, selling stocks and, and how you're going to make this, you know, your investments prosper. This is about dealing with everyday This is how you feel when you come home from work and you open up your visa statement and you feel sick to your stomach. That's what this show's about. Mm -hmm. Now, when you are able to make a topic like this, this is because it affects so many people. Statistically, can you kind of share how many of us find ourselves in certain situations? Well, reports, current or recent reports have said that stress is the number one reason that people get sick. Uh, Yeah, I totally understand. And it also affects you if you're already sick, right? So if you've got cancer, if you've got heart problems, if you've got, you know, MS, if you've got any illness or sickness, or you've been in an accident and you're trying to get better, stress is what prevents you from doing the best you can. And one of the top five reasons of stress or causes of stress now, nowadays is money. The top reason that employees contact their employee assistance program at work is money stress. It's not divorce. It's not, it's not even mental health. It's money. Which then leads to All mental health, and divorce, <laughs> relationships. I mean, it, 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 it really is this trickle effect. And so let's start with our relationship with money and yes. where it needs to start and how, and we've done segments with this as, as kids. I mean, let's go with where do you think kids need to be introduced to the concept of money so that they have an understanding as we progress through life? Right. So when 
kids are able to count, that's a good time to start teaching them about money. And I don't mean that you have to take them to the bank and introduce them to the whole banking system. But when you're playing with them, you could have a little pretend grocery store and bring some of your cans or products from your kitchen and pretend you've got a little store happening. As they get older, so as they're getting to eight or nine years old, you can actually take them grocery shopping with you. Give them a little list for one of your dinners. So let's say that it's a a spaghetti dinner and you give them all the ingredients on a list that they have to buy and you give them the money to buy that and you send them around the store with their cart to buy those things and that teaches them about how to manage money so parents you have an obligation to teach your kids about money is the concept that money doesn't grow on trees or to understand where money is spent or how it's spent. Oftentimes they just see us pass a card. Right. right? So well, you just, there's, there's that card. There's a magic card. Mom, that seems can't to you just put it on your card? I want this. You can't have it. Can't you just put it on your card? Can't you just get the cash out of the wall? Because mm-hmm. they see their parents go to the bank if they even use cash, but they go to what I call the wall of cash. In you know my generation, probably mm-hmm. yours too, there was still people using cash. Not everything was done on credit cards and debits and all that stuff. But nowadays, people don't understand what cash is. And they don't understand that if you're making $14 an hour and you want a pair of jeans at $79, you have to work quite a few hours just to pay for those jeans. I mean, it's a concept that you think most people will know or have been introduced to, and yet... They they haven't been introduced to it, first of all. And second of all, they don't relate it to the hours that they've worked to get those pair of jeans. They just don't. If you're making $14 an hour, would you think of, wow, $80 for these jeans? So something you buy something that's $140, you buy a dress that's $140, you had to work 10 hours. So that's two days of work or a day and a half of work to buy that dress. And that's before you've paid rent, your car, utilities, anything else. You had to work 10 hours to buy that dress. These are, these are the concepts we're going to get to because, <laughs> I, you know, I, and I know it, and it's so much of it is mindset. When you look at how your relationship with money really starts, where and in the clients that you've worked with, how far back does it go? Um, it goes, I mean, that's usually the problem that people have with money, especially working with couples, because oftentimes you'll have two distinct beliefs around money. You have somebody who's a spender and somebody who's a saver. And that oftentimes will get them into trouble. And that stems from how they were brought up. If you were brought up in a family where nobody cared about debt, they'll just continue to pay the interest on the credit card, they buy whatever they want, they go on trips, they lease stuff, um, you know, they buy on time. If you were brought up with that kind of relationship with money, then it's likely that that will be your relationship with money too. On the other hand, if you had someone, if you were raised by a family who paid cash for everything or didn't buy anything until they had the money to pay for it, then, and and their vacations were not, you know, expensive cruises and trips to the Caribbean, but they were camping trips or they were... Or they could have been trips to the Caribbean, but they, but they were just paid saved for it. But they, but they yes, saved exactly. for it and it was paid before they... Correct. Where they, where they went. Correct. So... Where does money then flow into the start of a relationship when you Well, that's a really good question (laughs) because I was talking to someone about that the other day and I said, you know, you need to talk to them about money. And they said to me, but we've only been dating for a few months. 
And I said, it's the perfect time to talk about money. I mean, you can do some observational work. You can look at how they pay for things. You can, you know, look at the look on their face when they pull their credit card out, because if they have kind of a squinchy look on their face, that might mean that there's a problem, or is there hesitancy, or I forgot my wallet, or, you know, you can do kind of that a bit of spy work, but it's not a bad thing to talk about money to say, Hey, you know what I got, I I have a new savings account that I'm getting 3% on. Where do you have your money? I mean, you can bring things up in the conversation without saying, by the way, what's your debt? Have you ever declared bankruptcy? How much do you make? I mean, you don't have to ask those specific questions at the beginning, but you can have discussions generally about money and get their opinion. When do you need to have those more serious discussions though? So you Before could be- you're engaged. Because if you can't, I mean, those are the kind of discussions you should be having. Do you know, do you want to have kids? It's just as important as that question is, do you want to have kids? So before you ask someone to marry them or you agree to marry somebody, that would be a pretty significant thing that you would talk about, right? Kids, whether you want them or not. Absolutely. Right. So it's really important that you say to the person, we need to talk about our money situation. Here's mine. So if you feel confident about your money situation, I need to see what your money situation is before we go any further. Well, this is easier said than done. And I'm it sure is. you have a lot of people that land in your office because they didn't have this conversation. I've also had people land in my office because um, they didn't, they land, they landed in my office when, when they became a widow and they met somebody who had just gone through a bankruptcy and came to me for advice, did not follow my advice and lost a significant amount of money because of it. So it is really important that you talk about this stuff ahead of time. Is, can it be a make or break? Have you seen it be a make or break in relationships? Um, you know what, if, if you, if you bring up the subject and the person says, okay, to be honest with you, I have student loans and I've got a credit card that's maxed out and I've got, you know, maybe a small line of credit. Um, the next question to me would be, okay, what's the plan to pay this off? Like, how are you dealing with this? So if the person is sticking their head in their sand, in the sand, this is kind of those things that you say, you know, someone says, well, he'll change or she'll change when I marry them. Yeah, it's not going to change unless you do something about it. So if it comes up in the conversation, and it's a nasty picture, that discussion about how you're going to fix it needs to happen. And how you fix it is not by you sinking money into their debt before you're even married. That's not a solution. No. And it's the, it's it's having the conversation because if you're coming from two different sides, uh, it's going to be something that you're going to battle you, the entire relationship, Well, and I here's the ugly truth. If you have someone who's coming into the relationship with fifty or $60,000 in debt and you guys decide to get married and, oh, no, I love, I love her. She's the person for me. I'm going to help her get out of this debt. And six or a year six months or a year into the relationship or the marriage, it's over, you are now responsible for that person's debt. So you need to be very careful about what you are going to do. Okay, we want to be able to get people so that they're in a healthy financial mindset right. before before they make and head into these right. life decisions. So as children, you want people uh, to educate and have money as part of the discussion and the dialogue. Yes. I also know the understanding as they're getting older of your saving, your spending, and your charity. You, like you, you also are very much into having separate. 
ways of, or or at least having the acknowledgement that money is going to go into different areas. Right. So so I think that the best way to deal with that is to have a discussion with your kids and let them make the decision on how they want to dis- divide it up. So if you're a family that spends a lot of time, you know, donating time for charity, you work at the food bank, you run you know, races, you, you, whatever it is that you do for charity, then your child is going to have that mindset that yes, I should be putting something into charity. Um, if education is something that's really important with you, then then your child will believe in that. So I think that before you even talk about money, it's creating beliefs within your children, right? Exposing them to um, the big world out there and, and letting them make decisions about where they want their money to go. And I'm a firm believer that they should get an allowance, but I don't think that it should be attached to anything. I think that they should get an allowance because they need to have money to spend. And I think there should be an agreement on what they spend that money on. So it's not, it's not a, you do the chores, you get the money. You think that they should be allotted a certain amount of money. Right. Because I think having children do chores around the house is a completely different discussion, right? That's not associated with money, not associated with money. I, I think that it's a, it again, it goes to a belief system. Do you think that your children should be responsible for doing things around the house? Yes. Then why would you tie it to money? They should be part of this family and they should do stuff around the house. Okay, that's one discussion. Now, let's give you an allowance and let's decide what this allowance has got to pay for. So if you want to go to the corner store and pick something up, if you want a a special toy, if you want a skateboard, that money has to be saved towards that. If there's extra jobs around the house that are kind of not emptying the dishwasher and making your bed and that kind of thing, you know, cleaning out the garage, raking the lawn, that kind of stuff, then definitely have a discussion with your child. If you want to do this, I'll pay you to do that because that teaches them work ethic, right? And it teaches them if you work hard, you'll earn money. But I think that when you're talking about an allowance, that should just be something that you give to your child. Is it is it too late to start for, <laughs> I'm, you know, Jamie and Andy are 13. Right. Um, I haven't done an allowance system. Right. Um, and uh, I think they understand the value of things. And, you know, they'll ask and say, can we do it or is it possible? Right. But I haven't adopted adopted um a say like that money system is it is it too late for me to start or can I come home after listening to this podcast and go okay we're going to try something different it's never too late it's never too late and it actually is a good time to do Mm -hmm. it because in the next few years they're going to start working and and the problem with kids who who got nothing and then immediately start working is that they spend everything they have no idea how to manage their money so if you give them some allowance and you start teaching them about money and say okay i'm going to give you an allowance because i want you to start to be responsible for i will buy you basic jeans basic shoes mm-hmm. basic shampoo but if you want the fancy stuff that the kardashians have then you have to use your own money to do that and i guarantee you that that won't happen. <laughs> because they'll realize that it's really expensive. If you want to buy a $4,000 pair of running shoes, because Kanye West designed them, then, you know, and, and, and I think that, you know, when you talk about, even if you've been taught well, as children about money, I think that our kids are being bombarded so much by, by how important it is to wear those name brand shoes. I mean, we were, we were bombarded with Leezer Levi's. That was kind of it, you know, and maybe Wrangler's. 
Um, and nowadays we're bombarded with purses and jewelry and makeup and clothing and, you know, well, it's all they see on their, when they open their phone, it's right? all it's, they it's, see it's on the, there. You it's think the that they're ads. going through their feed, but I, in every feed that they're seeing, they're seeing ads. And now in me, Facebook messenger, there's ads now. I just saw some ads in my Facebook messenger and I went, what? Yeah. So I think, you know, unfortunately we're being bombarded with that. And, and it's really, really hard on parents because you have to continue to instill that belief in kids that it's not important if you have a different outfit to wear every single day, 365 days of the year. You don't need 365 outfits. You don't need 75 pairs of shoes. And now, if your belief is that, then and you can afford to do that, then great. But honestly, there are so many better things to do with your money, like providing your kids with experiences, right? Than it is, how about taking them on a cruise instead of buying the 365 outfits? You know, that's spending time with your kids and and being smarter with your money. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it is all about beliefs and it's all about mindset. And I think fair, parents feel guilty if they aren't, you know, kind of mad and it depends on the neighborhood that you're living in the school that your kids are going to if you happen to be in that school where you know uh, there's Ottawa is a very interesting city because there are pockets of the city where the school sits in the middle and there's very very um, poor people and there's extremely wealthy people and their kids go to the same school Mm -hmm. so when birthday parties come along and you know special events in the school come along it becomes very difficult to manage that and as parents I imagine it's really difficult as well well, and even um, the additional cost. I mean, yeah. And you want your kids to have loop bags. Oh my! Don't forty dollar <laughs> loop bags. I mean, just even I think on parents to afford. You know, they come home with these, and for especially for families are on budget. Yes. You know, when you're adding in twenty five dollars every, you know, and they're getting these birthday invitations and stuff like there. There's always unforeseen expenses. Right. So when you're budgeting. How do you suggest families budget? Do you suggest that they have? Absolutely. A- they have to have a birthday party budget. So if your kids are in that age group. Yeah, no, no. I'm just talking in general. Like, so a generalized budget. Yes. For the household. Yes. A, do, do you need to have one? Yes. You can do one of two things. You can have a budget and you can tr- can control it that way. Or you can have a bank account that all of your monthly spending money goes into the bank account. And once the bank account is empty, it's empty. So if you haven't got enough money to buy food for groceries and there's still four days left till the next payday, you have to kind of rummage around your um, pantry and your fridge and your freezer to find, you know, stuff to cook for four days. That's one way of doing it. Another way is um, using cash for those monthly expenses, like using cash to go to the grocery store, right? Uh, (laughs) The one thing that clients are surprised about is when they go on cash, because when they work with me, they have to go on cash for two months, which is painful at the very beginning. And then it's exciting for them by the end of the second month. Some of them continue on using cash. I, I think we've talked about this and, and I haven't I haven't talked about it openly but I only use cash right well I only use my debit card okay so but I, I use my debit card as, as cash right? right so everything that I do goes through debit I, that my credit card doesn't come out for anything and then I always have my girlfriends go how can you not use your credit card and get points and points and points and and I've always said I I would rather feel 
that I have the that I have been able to afford everything that I am purchasing and never have to look at or be afraid of having an uh, a credit card statement come in that I can't cover or do. I like knowing that I have whatever I am doing, I have afforded and I have paid for it. Okay, so how so, do you know there's enough money in the account? Well, because I look. Well, okay. right, but I but I know. I mean, I I kind of have an idea of what my what I is going to be coming out. Okay. Um now listen. I'm in a much different mindset these days over <laughs> over cash flow. I mean, let's be realistic. I mean, it's been eight months since I walked away from a six-figure salary. Um, and as much as I love doing this podcast, you know, it's not paying my bill. Like, I, I, I'm, you know, in the mindset and talk about stress, right? right? It's like, okay, how am I eventually going to make this back up? Okay, so my advice to you yeah. is to have a separate account for things like groceries and entertainment and eating out and... Um, family fun, have a separate bank account that's on your debit card. And when you go to buy those things, yeah, but why would I need there. to do it separately? Well, because a lot of people can't keep track in their head or can't, they don't know if the gas bill's been paid. They don't know if the... Wow. Okay. And then this is, so okay, <laughs> we're going to get personal today. Uh, so what we've it also done, happens. I know that, um, but <laughs> let's talk about, I, Tony and I have done it. We are both separate. We came into the relationship and he is an artist so I came in, I was getting paid every two weeks, right. steady. Every two weeks, we knew that I was getting paid. He would be doing major commissions, and he could go two, three months without seeing the money come in. Right. And I said, I can't live like that. I can't live knowing that my account is this way and yours is that way, so let's keep it separate. We both share... It's like, you have the mortgage, I have the taxes. I do all the groceries, I do all this, I take care of my own car, my own phone, and you take care of your own car, your own phone. And so we've been able to kind of do it that way. So we both know everything's being covered off. Right. But that's trusting and that I know have, he's doing that. Do you have access to each other's accounts? No. So what if something happens to him? I would have no, no idea what to do. I, I, I would have no idea. I would probably have to even, I don't know. That's a really important statement you just made. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. If something were to happen to you, you have no access to his bank account. You need that. Okay, I'll put it on my list of things to you do. You guys <laughs> need to make your First, accounts. I got to start an allowance. And You guys well. need to make your accounts joint with each other so that there is no question if something were to happen to you or to Tony that either one of you could walk into the bank account and still get the money to pay the mortgage or pay the taxes because that stuff doesn't stop if something happens to one of you. And it's not just, I'm not talking about if someone dies. I'm talking about if someone becomes, has an accident or becomes sick and you can't access your accounts. But life goes on. The mortgage needs to be paid. The groceries have to be bought. The kids' camps have to be paid for. Your taxes have to be paid for. You guys n seriously need to make your accounts joint. Sorry for giving you a heck on the air. <laughs> no, it, no it, it's I'm I'm pretty sure that there are other people who are in this I think situation. So too. I think there are people who um, unfortunately have had spouses that have yes. passed uh, and who are uh, oblivious to yes. exactly what was going on, either good or bad. Right. I've been around relationships where they had no idea that there was the amount of debt uh, that there was. You know, so. I, you you understand this. This will be a shift in me going to Tony. So I need access and you need access. And it's it's a different. And yeah, you should talk about different. the stuff that's in your account. I mean, I'm, a, I'm yeah. assuming you do savings together and 
Well, absolutely. But you know what it was is that we both knew based on how we were doing, I would put, you know, and 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 we, so now that you don't have know. that paycheck every two weeks, how's it working? Trust me, it, we're, we've adjusted. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have been adjusting. This podcast is brought to you by Extension Marketing. They're a new breed of marketing agency that acts as your virtual marketing department, designing and implementing cost-effective marketing strategies that will grow your business. I can speak to this personally, as I've been using the Extension Marketing team to help me launch and grow my business. Founder Pat Whalen has been a lifesaver for me, a genuine coach guiding me along the way into uncharted territory. Tell them you're a friend of the show and receive a free one-hour consultation. Check them out at extensionmarketing.com. The anxiety of, of everything is going to come down to financial flow. Not my mental state of, God, I feel a thousand times better because I'm sleeping now, but the now the stress has shifted to how am I going to make up so that we can maintain what you know the life you're yeah and yeah. and and i've i've taken a step back in that lifestyle also too but we well, don't have know. to buy clothes <laughs> can you imagine that just me <laughs> i look at this closet and i'm like yeah but um you know th- it's definitely a shift in the mindset yes. as to how this is actually going to happen sure. and i've had to say to him i was the one that always did the savings yeah because i knew every two weeks i was getting paid so whatever wasn't used I put in the savings. That's and right. It just happened. And you had a pension and you had... So none of that. None of, none that. of that. And you existed. had a health care. And we don't have... Like, trust me, don't even... I'm not going to get anxious in this podcast. That's not <laughs> the point of it. Because um, I thought now, we were talking about anxiety the, and money. Yeah, well, okay, yeah, because... And we haven't quite gotten on board. Now I don't have... We don't have coverage. You know, so we're getting around to that kind of stuff. But... We're, yeah, we're not there yet. This so one a, of the things that I do with couples is help yeah. them talk about to each other about money. But we would have an open relationship dialogue because it's always worked well and we've always been in a good situation. But, but I'm assuming to... if I was in this office and it wasn't good, yeah, how anxious and how stressful that would be. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, 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 <laughs> I had clients come in one time and he sat at one end of the table and she sat at the other end of the table. And I found out that she had actually spent two nights at a friend's house because she was so mad at him about money. What are people, what are, if you don't mind, like I don't need, but what are the issues when you see a couple sitting at one side of the table and another? So you know how, how it's you, affecting and why so many relationships end because of financial situations. Okay. So you know how you said that you and Tony have separate yeah. stuff? That's why. Because people have separate financial lives and a truth will come out. Something will happen um, like a debt will will appear. Someone will get a phone call and say, this is so-and-so from collection agency. I'm calling for Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so. Um, could you please have them call me back? And that's usually the catalyst that starts the discussion or the fight about money and the truth comes out. So not being honest about, you're usually honest about everything else in the relationship, but not talking to each other about your money situations is um, is just an ember waiting to spark. Because if something does happen and they find out that there's no money, the mortgage hasn't been paid for it, I've found that out. Um, 
utilities haven't been paid for six months or five months. Um, and, you know, just not the full amount, but just a little bit enough to keep the utility on. And it turns out that it has been paid for six months. There's credit card debt. I mean, that's what I mean about not having, you don't, you can keep everything separate. That's fine. But just talk to each other about your mm. money situation and what it's all about. And now that your situations are different, you and Tony need to sit down and talk about what your plans are the way things are yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, and we've had that, and we both yeah. know exactly what's in, you know. Yeah. Like, so we, I don't so see you should a, be a good I don't example see us for one people of, I don't, Yeah, but I don't see us sitting at your, you know, being in there. I mean, the communication is very open, and, right. it, and it's an acknowledgement, okay, here's where things are going, but Except I can understand. Except that you don't know what's in his being. <laughs> well, I do, I do. Oh. I know I do know what's there. I just don't know how to, I, I don't have a... I, could, I don't be, think I could go into the bank and say, oh, hi, I'm Tony's wife. Can I get access? That I don't know. No, do I can't. know what's in there? Does he know what's in mine? Absolutely. Uh, does he know when we do all of our payments every month, what's going in and out? We both know. Absolutely. Right. Okay. But I, I do see that people can oh, get yeah. into uh, you know, a really dangerous situation. So take this not. one step further. And you have a couple that aren't like you and Tony, and you have a couple that don't know about each other's financial situation and a crisis has happened where the furnace needs to be paid and neither of them have the money. Well, why not? You were supposed to be saving for, you know, anything like this that comes along and the truth comes out or the collection agency has phoned. So you can imagine the heated discussion that starts and the kids are in the other room listening to this. So what does that do about their mindset about money? Well, that's the start, right? That's is, the start. Is, is underst- and, and then maybe the start as to why eventually they would feel that they don't want to talk about it or they or on the other end that they do when they're getting into a relationship. That's right. We're, so that's why it's important to talk about it before you get in too deep. Into the relationship. Right. What do you say to a family right now who is really just feels every day that they're just getting by? Like is there is there an out is there ever an end or a light at the end of the tunnel there is always a light at the end of the tunnel sometimes that is bankruptcy or consumer proposal which is not an ugly thing it's just a fact of life that sometimes people are in such a bad situation that they can't do anything else but i'll tell you how that feels it's very painful to go into that meeting to talk to a trustee about consumer proposal or bankruptcy. And I've been in those meetings with clients because I've taken clients to the trustee meeting. But when that meeting is over and they now know that no one is going to call them about their debt anymore, that it's all taken care of, that they can start over, that they can, they now have money to pay for groceries. They now have money to, you know, save for a little, maybe a little vacation that they have, they can buy Christmas presents for their kids because they've now sorted out their, you know, financial situation. It's, it's like a huge weight off their shoulders to be able to do that. So it's not a bad thing. Where it's difficult is people who don't qualify. And that means that they make lots of money or they've got equity, but they have this huge debt and they just can't figure out what to do. And so they do nothing. It's, it's almost like weight loss. You've, you've, you've been, you know, you've, maybe you've lost a ton of weight and you've been feeling good for 10 years and all of a sudden it starts to creep up again. And next thing you know, you're up 35 pounds and you think, what am I going to do? And you just, you, you don't know what to do, so you do nothing, and it just continues to happen. And money is exactly the same way. Sometimes people feel so anxious and stressed 
that they just don't do anything. They start to put bills in the drawer. They start to not respond to, they stop going out with their friends. I mean, it can lead to serious mental health issues, money stresses. When can you evaluate that you're into that, that it's affecting your mental health? Um, you know, that there's the concerns and the anxiety of not being able to provide. It's, I would think it's the domino effect at that it, point. It's, and, and it gets bigger faster. So it might start out like a little snowball, but in no time, it's a giant avalanche. So if don't do something about it. And that's because of interest. So if you're not paying your credit card bills in whole every month, in total every month, the interest just sometimes makes it, you're just making the interest payments. You're not paying off any mm-hmm. of the principal. Um, so it does snowball compoundly. Um, When you have a credit card, my feeling is if you have a credit card that you can't pay off, if you've gone two or three months, and you've only been able to pay the minimum payment, then you need to get help. You need to talk to someone, you could go to the credit counseling society and talk to them. You can get a free meeting with them. Um, But that's a really good time to start before it gets too bad. Okay, so for those that are listening, you're saying at the three month point, with you not being able to pay more than the minimum then the payment. Minimum payment. It's time that, to that's, that's move your, to the next step. That's your wake up call. Yeah. Three months. So yeah. if you're saying, okay, I can, you know, I think oh, in the next couple of months we'll be able to get it back on track. Don't think that way. Yes. At the three month mark, when you know that you've just only been able to pay, if that, the the uh, interest payments. Right. You've got to go get some Yes. Help. And if after the first month you aren't able to pay your credit card off, stop using your credit card. Okay. You the, go on to a college campus. Month. You go on to a college campus, and they're there for that first week. That that first week, you have credit card companies lined up. They get a free blanket, or they get a free something by signing up for the credit card. That's the launching point right there yeah. into what could eventually be these issues that we're coming Absolutely. into. Right? They and, get you early. And okay, so back to the parents. The parents, your parents, you have a responsibility to teach your children how to manage this kind of stuff. Now, I I have a son in university. He went through college and university. So we had a double whammy. So I've seen two different first years. And I understand that kids want to go out and party. They want to get the credit cards when they're lined up because they might get a free iPad or, you know, whatever it is that they're, they're getting. I totally understand that. Parents, you need to talk to your kids way before they step foot on that campus and teach them about money, that the card that they're getting is not a credit card. A credit is when um, <clears throat> you you buy something and you take it back to the star, store, you have a credit. That's your money. You have a credit. You can go and get something at that store and you don't have to pay for it because you've already paid for it. These aren't credit cards. These are debt cards. Because the minute you put something on that credit card, you owe money, right? Mm-hmm. So if you go out and you buy something for $500, you now have a debt of $500. So it's not a credit card, it's a debt card. And that's what people forget is that it's not your money. When you get a line of credit, that's not your money. That's the bank lending you money and saying, we're going to lend you this much money, $10,000, we're going to lend that to you. But you don't have to keep applying for it every time you want to use it, you can just go and use it. So they make it seem like it's your money. But it's not your money, it's their money. 
and you have to pay that back. And I think that's the mindset people for, like have. They forget about those kinds of things. So parents, when you're teaching your kids about money, you need to talk to them about banking. You need to talk to them about having different bank accounts. So if they're saving for university, that should be in one bank account. If you're, I just did a, a workshop with some kids in Renford County and who are all entrepreneurs great group of kids so we talked about bank accounts and and the idea that they need a you know one kid saving for a car so i said open up a separate bank account and start putting money away in that car and don't touch it because that's your car account um some of these kids needed to buy i mean they're so far ahead in their entrepreneurship it's fabulous it's just wonderful but they needed to upgrade their equipment great open up another account and put a little bit of the earnings that you're making from your business Mm -hmm. into that account to buy by um, the equipment that you need. Um, and so parents, I think it's really important for you to talk to your kids about money. But okay, and you're, you're, think, you're thinking that, listen, these kids are having an opportunity to grow and to get to university. I mean, these parents need to have started when the p- baby was born on the RESPs. <laughs> like, yeah, you want your kids to go, but you, you know, in, in this perfect world, you're trying to be able to have had little bits of money put aside that eventually are growing over those 18 years by the time that they leave the house. Right. You know, even when you start to think about it and you're, you're trying to come home from a work week after two weeks and you get that paycheck and you've got the groceries, the rent, the everything, and then you're hoping that there's a little bit for savings that you want something fun. There's the savings of you trying to think that hopefully you're going to get to be old enough That's right. to need to be able to go into your retirement and you're going to be 90 years old still banking on the fact that when you were 30 you put some money away right and then you have the if you have kids hoping to have the opportunity to send them and then we're not even getting into you know for us that the bar mitzvahs bat mitzvahs weddings like it's like a, how about everything. young people having eight weddings in a summer well i've had yeah like you know it like it's it's endless. <laughs> I know. And and if you think about it, you do. You kind of just shut the door and you go and hide because you can't even fathom how many things lay ahead. That's why you need a plan. That's why you need a budget. And the budget needs to include all of those things. So it doesn't stop with your housing and all the costs for living in your house and your groceries and food. But it also, I you know, my clients, some of my clients have 12 bank accounts. That they okay. save a little bit of money in. Really? But so aren't for, you paying? Okay, can I just No, aren't there's you no paying? fees. No fees. Okay. No. When you buy, when you get a bank account at one of the big fives, right? So I'm talking RBC, you know. When you buy a bank account or, you know, you rent the bank account, you pay your fee. It includes checking account, maybe one or two checking accounts. But you can have as many savings accounts as you want. And they're free. I didn't know that. Ah. Yes. So saving, okay. Did we not do, have a discussion on I don't know if we did. Okay. Okay. So as many savings accounts. As many savings accounts. Okay, so for people who do have the, you know, wanting to have a certain item, you can have as many savings accounts as possible. I have a client who is dying to buy a specific designer purse. Okay. And I said, fine, if you feel that strongly that you want to buy that purse, let's open a bank account and you can put a little bit of money into that every pay until you have enough money to buy the purse. And she said, okay, I'll agree to that. Because she was willing to do whatever she could to get this purse. So interestingly enough, when she accumulated enough money 
to buy this purse. She decided she didn't want it. I was I was hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> I was so hoping she decided, you were going to say that. Please tell me she didn't buy the purse. No, nope. what she decided okay, to yeah. do was to add it to her travel account because yes. she had a huge trip that she wanted to do to Africa. I like And so client. she moved it over to mm-hmm. that. But here's what happens, Leanne. When people start thinking about their money, all of a sudden, their beliefs, their priorities change. So... I have clients who say to me, I have to have this much money for birthday parties that my kids, you know, for having birthday parties for my kids, three kids. I said, okay, that's fine. Let's start saving the money. And then she started researching ways to have birthday parties that didn't cost a lot of money, but the kids still had a boatload of fun. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that she saved enough money to have the birthday parties that she first thought she wanted, but she only ended up spending a third. So not only does it, um, not only does it change your your mindset about money, but it also forces you to to really deep, you know, de- think deep about where you're spending your money and how you're spending your money. It is like dieting, you know. When someone says, "Okay, you know what?" Like me, when I turned fifty, I said. I I have to start being healthier. I think it was 55. I have to really put a focus on and start being healthy. So it wasn't just going to a, you know, a diet place and going on their diet. I, I researched everything. I researched what I was eating. I researched how my, my movement, how I was moving, activities that I was doing, things that I was doing that were very sedentary. They were enjoyable to me because they were hobbies. Well, how could I do those hobbies and... Um, do them in a way that I actually moved more. Um, I looked at uh, the kind of food that I was eating, not just these are the kinds of foods that you have to eat on this particular diet. But I looked at the kinds of food that I was eating, whether it was part of that diet or not. And, you know, my whole thinking about food changed. And that was because I just said, I need to go on a diet. That's what I said. And I think it's the same thing with money. When people realize that they're in trouble and they have to do something about it, they start looking at all aspects of their life. I have people who email me and say, guess what I sold on Kijiji? And it was something that, you know, was expensive to buy. They didn't get a lot of money for it. But now, okay, so what am I supposed to do with this money? I forget. What did we say that I was going to do with this money? So I think it's important for people and and you can imagine how better spirited people feel when that happens, mm-hmm. right? Well, the sense of relief, right? And and you look at all the commercials on TV, right? It's always this weight on your shoulders, right? This added weight that you're carrying with you all the time. Okay, so you have hopefully the ability for a couple or for a person to realize in the first place that there's right. an issue. So let's say they call you, all right? right? And you sit, you, you kind of go into the office. And I think at that point, they need to be as honest and open Oh yeah, as possible, right? Oh yeah. If you think you're gonna go I'm in, like Vegas, and, yeah, baby. <laughs> and go and go into um, you know, and to go into an office and not be truthful. No, you're I have not to see doing, bank statements. What? I have to see bank statements. You need and credit to see, card yeah. statements. You 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 have to be fully own, mm-hmm. honest. Then you were saying you go into what a two month cash only cash only, yeah. And it, and you know I I have doctors and lawyers and you know, politicians and as clients. And yeah, this doesn't just affect those that are struggling. No, no. Right? This, it, this or is, that are of lower income. No, it, no, it's the same. You know what? It's the same philosophy. And, and here's what happens is sometimes some of those people come from not having a lot of money. And then all of a sudden, like, let's talk about these $60 million lottery winners. 
right? They each get, what, 12 or $14 million. So if they didn't have much money, maybe they were making a job at a job where they were making $25 an hour, and now they have $12 million. Well, that is, that's life-changing. But it, I mean, if you've seen any of the shows on TLC about people who've won lotteries, and a year later, they're back where they were, they've spent it all, it's all gone. So if you don't have, if you don't change your beliefs around money, so for clients who work with me who have come and have been in very serious trouble with their finances and five years later, they're now out of everything and they have to be careful that they don't fall back into some old habits. habits. Um, you know. When that could be the old habit of their outlook on money, but how difficult is it when old habits might deal with addiction, um, betting, gambling, I mean, those are incredibly serious and have the massive financial, maybe not health-wise, you know, like it's not an alcoholic, but when you have an, a gambling addiction, the it, it's yes, it unfolds in a very different manner. So when we were talking about the couple that don't know what's going on with each other, um, I definitely have clients who have come to me and said, I manage the money because you know, he or she has had an an addiction problem, whatever the addiction was. And um, so I manage the money because that person can't have access to money. So they don't even have access to the money. Their pay goes into and they get a certain amount of money each week, each pay. That's how we've organized it. And the person who is um, responsible for the money, you know, manages all the bank accounts. Now, here's the difference. Once a week, they have a money discussion. So once a week, they sit down and they, and I tell people to do this with your spouse, just once a week, sit down and talk about money, what's going on, what bills are coming up, how close you are to achieving one of the goals that you set, let's say that you're saving money to buy a cottage. So how close are you? Um, I had clients who, and, and sometimes it can be the hardest thing to do is set this up by clients who were doing really well on the plan. She phoned me and she said, I'm, we're struggling about when to have our money meeting. We just can't seem to find time. We're both really busy. And I went, oh, okay. And I said, I see a creep happening here. If you don't start talking about money, then things are, you're not going to, you know, be on the same page on some of the stuff that you really need to communicate about. And uh, I said, so what about the weekend? Well, we go to the cottage for the weekend. Oh, okay. Where's the cottage? So-and-so. Okay. How far is it? It's about two hours. (laughs) Really? What are you doing in the car while you're driving to the cottage? She said, I guess I'm getting my iPad out and talking about money. (laughs) Because they have no kids, right? They've just got the two dogs in the car. You do have the kids. I mean, you you know, that's the time when you have the best discussions, I find. You're not going anywhere. No one can escape. No one can, you you know, you're She just needed advice from her coach on how to do it. Yeah. Right. So I sent them both a note. I sent them an email. And I said, here's your relationship challenge. You need to talk about money for the next four weeks on the way up to the cottage. (laughs) Did you get a response? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 This is a this is a couple that works really well together, but they were in they both. work really well together. But they landed in your office, Judith. <laughs> well, they work really well together, yeah. but they were also they knew that they were at the point mm-hmm. where it was becoming serious and it might affect the relationship. And they have a very good relationship. They're they're a very happily married couple, but I knew I could tell, and you know, and and people who tell me that they have a very good relationship they're very happy they're really in love and then I get to them and we sit down at the table and I can hear comments coming from each of them I know that there is um it's getting close to becoming a problem 
Is it resentment? What are the, what are the underlying emotions? Anger, resentment, uh, well, okay, jealousy. So here's yeah. one one episode or one time that I had with a client, um, and that it was it happened to be a husband and wife, and the wife was crying in my office. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, I'm just so tired of him questioning everything I spend on the credit card. And I said, okay, let's look at the credit card statement. Thank goodness for the internet. We can pull stuff mm-hmm. up right away. So we looked at the credit card statement and he said, I'm not happy with how, you know, the balance on the credit card. We have the money to pay it off, but like, look at all this stuff. And I said, okay, let's look at all this stuff. So guess what was on there? Groceries, kids' clothes, kids' activities. Most of it was stuff for the house. There was almost nothing on there for her. I think there was a little bit from from a drugstore, and that was it. So rather than having a discussion about the card or the bill or what was on it, or having a discussion about, I need to go buy the kids some clothes, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to spend around three or $400. Having that kind of a discussion, you, you just go ahead and do it. And then that's the reaction you get. His reaction was wrong. And she probably should have had a money discussion with him saying the kids, it's getting close to school. I need to buy some clothes for the kids. Well, but what happens when it's not kid? What, what happens when it's not household related? Oh, yeah. What, what happens when it's uh, a pair of shoes here or for him, it's, you know, a new little toy or. So the Bank uh, of Montreal yeah. mm-hmm. did, just did a survey okay. on how, how people hide money. Uh, the majority of women hide things that are under $1,000. The majority of men hide things that are over $1,000. So no, honey, those golf clubs aren't new. <laughs> uh, so people do hide, and yeah. it's becoming more and more prevalent with online shopping. Okay. Yeah. So how has online shopping really changed um, purchasing behavior? So this was an interesting like, discussion that I had. You know, I it's had. not that you're, hey, honey, I'm going to the store, or what did you buy at Bayshore at the mall? It's, you've just been on a computer for the last couple of hours. That must have made a, a massive shift in, in the types of people that are running into problems. Absolutely. I had a couple in, and we were talking about, you know, their their money stuff. We were trying to get them on a, a good plan. And um, it turned out that there was a lot of online shopping things on the credit card. And I asked if there were any other credit cards. And um, the one spouse said, no, this is all we have. And the other spouse said, "Um, actually, I have another credit card. Okay, so let's see the credit card. Pulled the credit card out. Okay, let's see a statement because I don't have anything here. Let's see a statement. Oh, well, I don't know the password. And I just looked at them and I said, I don't believe you. I want to look at your statement now. We looked at the statement and it turned out that there was a shop, there was an online shopping problem. And this person hadn't acknowledged to to their spouse that there was a problem. Is online shopping an issue? Should people be aware of how much time they're spending on it and how, I think they're purchasing things that they normally wouldn't have gone and purchased because they're not having the effort to go out and go to the store and see that they need it or really wanted it. They just... They're skimming. They're skimming their Instagram. They're like, oh, that's cute. Or, you know, they're on Amazon. And the next thing you know, it leads to another page, which leads to another page. Like how much of an issue or how much should people be aware of their behavior online shopping? I think that it's a bigger issue than we think. Uh, And I think that one of the things people are doing is they're buying stuff. And if they don't like it, it either just stays in their house, Mm -hmm. but they don't return it. It would be one thing to 
buy something because, you know, especially clothes, you never mm-hmm. know if you're going to like it until you actually see the color in real life. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that was red. I swear that was red on the screen. Um, or the shoes, super uncomfortable. I can't wear these. And I think people just take that and they don't take it back. And you can tell if you go to some of the thrift shops like Salvation Army or or um, Value Village and you can see clothes with still text tags on them and you can tell by the tags that they came from online shopping so i think that you know it, it's becoming certainly for my practice it is becoming an issue books um jewelry clothes um parts for things so if you have someone that comes into your office right now toys what, what, what is your suggestion to it so when people come to see me and they're coming to see me because there are financial issues Two things happen. One is they go on cash for two months, and the other is they stop using their credit card. Even if they even if they haven't maxed their cards out, they stop using their credit cards. They stop shopping. I insist that they stop shopping. If they need to do some shopping, we talk about what the things are that they need to buy. So like going back to school, if there's a going back to school. And honestly, I mean, I understand that kids grow, but holy cow, check out some of the used clothes. Like there's some great clothes. Right, and we're getting into school supplies right, right now. Oh my God. Okay. So let's, we have just a couple more minutes. School, school supplies. Yeah. You know, and it's like every year I feel like I'm buying new markers, new crayons, new eraser, new ruler. And I, I'm like, we just did this last year and the year before that and the year before that. Why, why, why are we doing this? Okay. You're not. Go around your house and create your own school supplies. Most people have enough stuff in their house to create the bulk of what they need for school supplies. And here's another idea. Put it out on Facebook and your friends and say, look it, I need crayons. I need magic markers. I, you remember when the coloring for adult phase was mm-hmm. on a couple of years ago? Yeah. Well, I fell for that. So I have all these crayons and I have all these markers and I have pencil crayons. And and so I just put it out in a small group that I'm involved in saying, hey, does anybody, are you putting your kids school supplies? Because this is what I've got. And someone took them. So before you go buying stuff, make sure that there isn't stuff out there from your friends and family that you might be able to use. I probably have enough pens in my house to stock a school for every teacher to have a pen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And yet we go and buy the fancy new packaging so that you're hoping that they're in the right mindset to be able to go and have a good school year. Well, It it, it plays with our psyche. It It does. It does. I mean, you know, you people... Be people also buy in quantity. Wow, I can buy 24 pencils for what it costs me to buy four pencils. Well, so I might as well just buy the 24 pencils. Okay, so now you've bought enough pencils to last till high school. You don't have to buy new pencils. Are we running into issues where people like, let's take Costco, right? You you go into Costco for two things and you come out with a 10. Yeah. What's What have they figured out? What have they mastered? Well, first of all, people go... Um, people tell me that they, they shop at Costco for the food, right? Because usually the prices, you mm-hmm. can get big quantities. It's, it's good food. Where is the food in a Costco? That's at the very back. In the back left. Yeah. What's the first thing that happens when you walk into a Costco? It's all the electronics and fancy No, stuff. they hand you a flyer oh, yeah, that's true. with Sorry. all the sale items. And you look at it and you say... I don't say, do the Costco. Okay, I don't either. <laughs> so you look at, but you look at the items on the coupons, and you say, "Oh, that's a good deal." But here's the thing: you don't know if it's a good deal because you're not compares comparing with anything else. But you say, "Wow, those are nice lawn chairs. They look like they're a good price. We should buy those lawn chairs." 
without checking at Canadian Tire, Home Depot, Lowe's, you know, wherever else they sell lawn chairs. And then the next thing you see is all the other special items that are on to your left. And then it's electronics on your right. And then it's towels and clothes and books. And here's my favorite, seasonal items. It's August. I guarantee you there's two rows of Christmas stuff there. So, you know, you don't need more Christmas decorations. You don't need more um, stuff around your house. Is list, are you very big on having a list when you go somewhere? Yes. So I also don't let my client shop at Costco unless they just go for food. They'll tell me that their grocery bill is $1,000 a month. And I'll say, okay, give me a receipt. Show me a receipt where you've spent $1,000 on groceries. And in fact, and it's not just Costco. It's the superstores. It's Metro. It's, they all have non-grocery areas. And I look at their grocery bill and it actually shows that their groceries are maybe $700 and $300 was other stuff. So clients who work with me don't do that. You can go to Costco, but you have to buy food and you have to pay cash and it has to be within your budget. How long do you give people to, to feel like if they're coming to you, what's the average amount of time to be able to get yourself back on on track or, or establish new behavior patterns, right? Yeah. If they say a beha- to change your behavior, it takes at least, what is it, 30 to 90 days of, of practicing this new behavior? I work with clients for a year. So, um, you know, very similar to a personal trainer, you can't break a habit in 20 days or mm-hmm. 30 days. That's why 30-day rehabs don't work, right? 90 days are now the recommended rehab at the very minimum, because changing behaviors just doesn't happen overnight. So the accountability has to be there all the time for people who are trying to change their habits. And this isn't, you know, it's not about the $10 bill. It's about what's going on in your head. And the whole reason that we are talking about this is because of the stress that money brings and how sick you can get when you get stressed about money. So I listened to a show on the way over here about dental care and how sick some people were getting because they couldn't get the proper dental care because they couldn't afford the dental care. So that's an absolute serious example of how money affects your life. If you get a serious enough infection from infections in your mouth, you can die. So it's really important that people allocate enough money to be able to um, manage their health. Now, if you, you know, are on assistance, sometimes that's not the easiest thing to do. But thankfully, there's dentists out there that will help people who are, you know, on assistance and can't afford that. And that's a pretty dramatic example. But for the average person who lives in Ottawa, like I said, if you can't pay your credit card after the first month, stop using your credit card until you've paid it off. If after three months you've only um, paid off the <coughs> minimum, you need to go talk to an expert on stopping this, nipping it in the bud. And if you have kids and you've never talked to them about money, then you need to start talking to them about money. I like the tips. Uh, do the allowance, not based on chores, but based on the financial responsibility of understanding how that money is being used. Uh, cash is key. King. 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 Queen. Cash, cash is, is king. king. Cash is king. 
Uh, and uh, especially for those that are young uh, and or at any point, but are starting to have a significant other and they're starting to see this future, it needs to be brought up earlier than later. Right. And if you don't know how to talk to someone that you're dating about money, call me. I'll, I'll give you some, I'll give you a script that you can use that you can talk to. Are there resources that you recommend for people? Um, are there um, apps? Are there things in, in these final moments to be able to say, here, here are some Here's some places that it can help you. Or so work, I really work, like yeah. Mint. Mint is an app that you can use on your phone and it helps you track your money. You can download the information from your bank and it categorizes everything and it helps you um, see where you're spending your money. But I think using bank accounts is probably the best way to do it because the problem with Mint is that it it only tracks what you've spent. It doesn't prevent you from spending the money and that's how you get into trouble is by spending the money. So if you have bank accounts and every pay, you're having money taken off your pay or out of out of your account, put into a separate account for whatever. It could be clothing. It could be Christmas. It could be for the eight weddings that you have to go to. It could be buying a house. If you have money going into all those accounts, then you can't overspend. And don't put those accounts on your debit card. You actually have to do online banking to access those accounts. And the only money you have access to is whatever is left in your bank account. So that's a really easy way to not get overdrawn and to not spend money that you've allocated for other things. Use the access to having as many savings accounts as yeah. possible. Free. They're free. Uh, and then that way you're allotting everything in. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of that savings, whatever you're capable of, put that money into those. You know you what? Know, Even I- if it's $5 a month, right, or $10 a month, whatever you've decided you want to spend your money on or save, that's enough money because it's something. You have to, even if you do something, do something. And you feel better. Like what, feel better. what is the psych, What is the ramification psychologically of just even seeing that that five turned into 25 over a couple Okay, months? so that's the bonus for clients. Okay. For clients is when they come in, um, the first thing we do is we look at their numbers. And the most common comment is, I can't believe how much money I have saved. And they also turn the, because uh, we have cash in envelopes, that's how they mm-hmm. spend their cash. And they start challenging themselves to see if they can save any money out of the envelope. So maybe if their groceries are, you know, $800 a month, they only spent 750 So now they can go to the movies. They can take that money and add it to their entertainment budget and, and go to the movies. So they start challenging themselves within that. Once they're finished using cash, cash, it becomes very easy for them to know when they go to the grocery store, they know they have $250 to spend. So it they don't need to use cash anymore. They can use their debit card or they can put it on their credit card. And here's the thing, if you're going to use your credit card, immediately pay it off. Like if you buy something for $250, go home and pay it off. There's no... But people aren't doing that and that's why they're not right. doing it. Right. So just, I'm saying, do it. Do it. Go home and do it. Yeah. So... You don't have to wait until your bill comes in at the end of the month, and then you don't have to worry about accidentally spending the money. Because that's what people say. Well, I'll put it on the credit card. I might as well leave it in the bank account for, what, 10 days? You're going to get zero interest, and you might accidentally spend that money. So why not just pay it off? So I have clients who, when they buy something, while they're in the store, they just automatically do the transfer from their bank account. And are people just not doing the debit because they want the points? Is that really it? Like, why, why not just use your debit card? Because they want points. Okay. I mean, I, I have clients who have like a million points. So, you know, they travel a lot using their points. So if you can manage it, that's great. 
If you can manage using your credit card and paying it off every month, that's great. That's what you want. But if you can't stop using your credit card and pay it off every month, use cash and talk to your kids about money. Some really great tips there. And if you need some help, where can people find you? JudithKane.com. It's the best place to go. It is. 27 years in the financial industry <laughs> and then branching off into doing this. Do you love it? I do. I, You know what? My favorite part is when people tell me, um, what are we supposed to do with the extra money we have in our envelope at the end of the month? <laughs> Does that mean that we should not take the whole amount out? Nope, put it in there because here's what's happened. You'll have friends over for dinner and now you'll have a bit of extra money that you can, you know, Enjoy, enjoy the bottle of wine. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And there teach your kids about money. I'm so proud of my son who lives on a budget. He's at university, lives in his own apartment. And he, you know, he went from when he first got his very first bank card saying, Mom, I think someone's stealing money out of my bank account. And it was because he didn't understand how ATM fees worked. Mm -hmm. And um, to now he runs a perfect budget. He's got a little investment account that he's doing really well with. And he said it's because of stuff that he learned from us. So... I, I'm super proud of that. You, you did it right. I've got to go home and have a little discussion with my kids. <laughs> Although hopefully we're going to be good. JudithKane.com <laughs> if you're looking for more information. Uh, also, if you find this useful, if you've been listening to some of the podcasts, if you have some questions to ask, if you have some guests that you would like to see on or topics of conversation, please let me know. Uh, you can always email me, Leanne at LeanneLang.com. All the information, of course, is on my website, LeanneLang.com. You can find all of the podcasts that are actually listed there. I have access to all of them, as many as we've done so far, which has been so fun to see. Uh, and if you can, too, uh, like, subscribe, make a comment, uh, help this podcast grow. There you have it, episode 28 of Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.